What if it's true and the Bible is relevant today? Do you struggle to believe that the Bible could be relevant for you? Let me challenge that thought. Let's look together at what the Bible claims about itself, what it claims about Jesus, and what it claims about its relevance today. Thank you for joining us. If you will give me the next 15 minutes, I will give you a game-changing challenge. What if it's true the Bible is relevant today? This message is the hinge for all the others that have gone before in this series, What If It's True? Because if the Bible is not relevant or true, then nothing we have shared in this series makes any sense. They all hinge on what we know and what we have learned from the Bible. So, what is the Bible? The Bible is a compilation of 66 books and letters written by more than 40 authors during a period of approximately 1,500 years. Originally, it was written in three languages, Hebrew, Common Greek, and Aramaic. On so many levels, the Bible is an extraordinary book. From its diverse content and literary styles to its miraculous preservation down through the ages. While the Bible is certainly not the oldest book in history, it is the only ancient text with existing manuscripts that number in the thousands. The authors of the Bible originally recorded its message on whatever resources they had at their disposal, engravings in clay, inscriptions on stone, ink and papyrus, vellum, parchment, leather and metal. The first full copy of the Bible as we know it was completed in the Greek language around AD 312. It was called Codex Vaticanus, and it's still kept in the Vatican Library today. By 405 AD, both the Old and the New Testaments had been translated into Latin. And it wasn't till the 16th century that the entire Bible was translated into English. And today, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time in more than 2,500 languages. The Bible is made up of 66 books. The Old Testament has 39 books. And these books are written in the years that happened in BC, before Jesus was born. They are law and history, poetry, wisdom, and prophetic work. They tell the story of God and his people, their struggles, their triumphs, and their failures. These books are beautiful, and they're gory. They are seductive, and they're weird. They narrate selfishness and disobedience, and above all, God's deep love for mankind. They are full of the stories that children learn in Sunday school. Jonah and the big fish, Noah and the ark, Adam and Eve, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Moses and the parting of the Red Sea, stories that Hollywood has made into epic sagas. These books introduce us to the idea that God has a rescue plan for the world. They prophesy the coming of a Messiah, the New Testament is 27 books. It begins with four Gospels. These are the stories told by different authors of the life of Jesus. 
The rest of the New Testament is the history of the church, the letters written by Paul and the apostles, and prophecy. So what does the Bible claim about itself and therefore about Jesus? The Old Testament makes interesting claims. The writer of the Proverbs, a book of wisdom, says this. Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. For it is good to keep these sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. I am teaching you today. Yes, you. So you will trust in the Lord. Did you hear that? I'm teaching you today. Yes, you. So that you will trust in the Lord. The writers of the New Testament make claims about the Bible. Paul writes to Timothy and he says this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. The Bible claims that all scripture is the inspired word of God, written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it is useful to teach us and correct us. The writer to the Hebrews says this, referring to the Old Testament. This is from Hebrews 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. This reading claims that God spoke historically through the prophets, but now he speaks through Jesus, his son. Jesus radiates God's own glory, expresses the very character of God, the exact representation of his being. This weekend marks the end of Ramadan. Our Muslim friends have been fasting this month, and they, they are devout when it comes to their holy text, to the Quran. They believe that Allah spoke in Arabic to Muhammad. Allah dictated the Quran to Muhammad. And so they revere the book as the exact words of Allah. They often wrap it up or they place it in a place to be displayed and they worship it as Allah's words. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, but it is Jesus who is the exact word of God. It is Jesus who we revere and worship. We don't worship the book. The book, our Bible, points us to Jesus because Jesus is the exact representation of God. The writer of the Hebrews points to Jesus as the word of God. And John backs this up in his gospel when he says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So the Bible points to Jesus 
as the word of God. Did Jesus think that the scriptures were relevant and important? At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, there is a passage that shows us really clearly what Jesus thought about learning, reading and using and quoting scripture. Just after Jesus was baptised by John and before he began his ministry or called his disciples, he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit where Satan tempted him. Satan tempted Jesus in three ways, and with each temptation, Jesus began his response with this, It is written. Then he quoted Old Testament scripture. Let's read it together. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and he said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you and then hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Jesus used God's words recorded in scripture to fight temptation, even when it was misused against him. So how is the Bible relevant today? The Bible claims to be the inspired word of God. It is useful to teach us, to redirect us. It claims that everything was created through the word of God, Jesus. It claims to be alive and powerful. God speaks today through his word. We need to use the scriptures like Jesus did. If we quote scripture when we are tempted to do the wrong thing, or say the wrong thing, then we have God's power behind our words, not just our own feeble attempts to change or to resist temptation. Let's listen to Julie's experience of reading the Bible. At 15, I was first exposed to Christianity through a friend and his family. There was something appealing about my friends who thought that God was watching over them and helping them. One day I came across a New Testament which explained how God loves us and sent Jesus to make a way for us. I asked the Lord to forgive me and take over my life and began to read Matthew, Mark and Luke. I was astounded by the man Jesus. He wasn't anything like I'd imagined. As I read, I changed 
A new peace fell over me and a strange love welled up inside me for my parents and for the other kids at my school. My two best friends became interested in God. Our science teacher taught us about reading our Bible and praying and arranged for us to go on Christian camps. One thing he taught us about reading the Bible was to pick a book and work our way through it and just to read until something lit up to us. I find it exciting to think that the God of the universe has special things to say to each of us through his word. When I first began to read the Bible at 15, I got the picture that Jesus was cool. I liked him and wanted to follow him. And now the message I take home from God's word is that he loves me so much. He doesn't want anything to come between us. It was this book that showed Julie who Jesus was. It showed her how much God loved her and what he had done to save and restore her. And it can do exactly the same for you. The Old Testament points to Jesus and the Gospels tell his story. And the rest of the New Testament helps us to live the way he had planned for us to live. This Bible was my dad's and I have talked about it before at Humeridge. He gave it to me. But my sister and her husband in Perth bought it for him. Now let's say my dad wrote them a letter of thanks. And in this letter, he told them about his plans for the future. He told them that he loved them and he thanked them for their gift. Perhaps in this letter, he gave them some advice and maybe he outlined a plan which included them and their family and their future. And just say my sister took this letter and held it with gratitude and she displayed it on her coffee table and she took it with her in the glove box of the car when she left the house. She put it in her handbag when she met her friends for coffee. Her husband told his friends all about this wonderful letter that they had in their possession from his elderly father-in-law, a letter that he just knew was written for their benefit. Now let's say they never opened it. Let's say the knowledge of dad's love and concern for them was all they needed. They believed the letter was important and it proved my dad's love for them, but it remained unopened. We would say they are fools. We would say that was stupid. We would say that even though they say they love dad, how could that be possible when they didn't even read what he had sent to them? Are we guilty of the same thing if we don't read our Bible? God has given us his word. He has laid out his plan. He has given us a blueprint. He sent his son Jesus who sacrificially gave up his life to carry on himself all the things that we have done that separate us from God. Jesus bled and died so that we could have eternal life and this book gives us instructions for our future. So read your Bible. If you have never read the Bible before, if this is new to you, then begin at a gospel. Remember the gospels are in the middle of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. And their story is about the life of Jesus. Pray before you read, even if that's something you've never done before. Ask God to make something jump out to you as you read, just like Julie did. You don't need to read wads and wads of scripture. Pick a few short verses to begin with. 
ask yourself some simple questions as you read. What does this passage say about God? What does it say about you or to you? What are you going to do about it or take on board? Or what will you apply from what you've read? And who are you going to tell? If this is good news, then it's worth sharing. So remember, ask what the passage says about God. What does it say about you? What are you going to do about it and who are you going to tell? If you know your Bible well, then choose a book to study. Grab a journal and write some notes. Find out who wrote the book and to who were they writing it. Know if it's history or poetry or letters to a group of people. Know about the places and the culture and then apply it to your life by using those same questions. What is God saying to you about him? What is he saying about you? What are you going to do about it and who are you going to tell? Like Julie did, read until something stands out to you. Read with a friend. Ask somebody to read with you. Ask someone to help you understand what it is that you are reading. Ask someone to explain what you don't understand. Read your Bibles so that you get to know Jesus, really know him. Know the words and the ways and the works of Jesus who you follow. If you hate reading, then you were born in the wrong time in history to use that as an excuse. There are really good apps that will read to you. YouVersion or Dwell are two that I use. Put it on in your car. Put it on as you exercise or while you walk your dog, while you do your housework and let the truth of God's word soak into your heart. As I age, the last thing I want to do is become judgmental, critical and sour. I want the love of God to grow so large that the ugly traits of Jenny become so small that they are unnoticeable. So I read. I read and I try to apply what I have read to my life. Those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus do not always get it right. Our lives sadly do not show Jesus all the time. Oh God, please forgive us. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to live like him. Help us to hate injustice and to stick up for the oppressed, to love our enemies and do good for those who persecute us. God, make us like you because our lives need to reflect you. We may be the only Bible that some people will ever read. And if our lives are a deterrent to someone else ever finding you, then we are sorry. Read, learn, repeat. It's up to you. Take his word into your life. Meditate on it. Learn passages by heart. It is relevant. It is real. It is living and active. And if you do, you will grow to be more like Jesus so others will see what it is to be a follower of his. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and grace to help us when we need it most. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you.
Jesus replied, Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Love each other as I have loved you. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Be still and know that I am God. 